I just want to want to preface before we start. If anybody hears children playing in the background, uh, I am out on my deck supervising a pool pool party at what time is it? Eleven. Yeah, eleven ten. Eleven o'clock in the morning. I guess it could have been earlier, so I'm glad it's only now. But they might be loud. I I can try to edit it, but we'll see how this goes. <laughs> you guys have stuck with us this long with the horrible audio, so why not add sound effects? Why not? Balls, a supernatural podcast with Lizzie and Missy. I'm drinking my tea out of my Scooby Natural mug. Oh, very nice. Yeah, I figured I would christen it with my very supernatural Christmas tea fandom blend from Adagio Tea. What does the Christmas blend taste like? Uh, so it has pink peppercorn in there, which is a little weird, oh. but it's pretty and it tastes good. Okay. It's very like hearty, like, or, I don't know. It reminds me, I don't know, it's very Christmassy. I was going to say, is it going to warm you up on a cold winter's night? Yeah, if you're sitting by like a fire. Oh. Yeah, except now it's like 80-some degrees outside. I know. My friend and I just signed up for the community. She brought it up to me, and I got another friend into it. Apparently, Adagio is doing this thing where they you can sign up, and once you pay for it, you're put into a group, and they send you a box of tea, one for each day of the month. Oh. And you can log in and talk to other people who are part of this community about the tea. Oh, like a little tea club. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, and they send you one for every day of the month. So, like, we signed up for August, so we'll get 31 tea bags. Oh, that's cool. I got my coffee. I got my kombucha. Which I haven't went to get creamer yet, so I put milk in it. It's just not the same. All right. Let's, so we get to... It started! Let's get <laughs> it. Let's crack into it, as crack it were. Crack into it. Let's stir into it today, because we don't we have tea in... Coffee. I feel like I feel like this episode was fun because we got to see two costumes of Sam and Dean. Yeah. They were literally just essentially playing make believe a majority <laughs> of this episode. Yeah. I liked it. I liked this episode. What episode are we talking about? We are talking about season two, episode twelve, Night Shifter. Night Shifter. Uh came out January twenty fifth, two thousand and seven. Seems it always seems so long ago. I know. And it takes place in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Oh, Milwaukee. Yeah, because if you notice, the bank is the City Bank, Milwaukee. I did not notice that. <laughs> <laughs> so that was not me. Okay, I have some rankings. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, they're kind of close, but not really. So Thrillist.com with uh, Gladstone, which I actually looked him up. It's not a bad looking guy, in case anybody wanted to know. Uh, he ranked this episode 41, said the shapeshifter robbers make for a tense and exciting episode. Perhaps most impressive, the show somehow makes sticks cool, using Renegade uh, to great effect as Sam and Dean escape an impossible situation in SWAT uniforms. Can we just talk about that Renegade for a second? Okay. Because I love how they elongated that beat, that dun 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 <laughs> While they were talking. Yes. And then as they started to drive away, it goes, the jig is up. And obviously, being from where we are, Renegade is kind of in our blood now. I mean, it has to be. It's, if anybody uh, doesn't know, the Pittsburgh Steelers use Renegade as their pump-up song. And you can probably hear it every day on WDVE at, like, noon. It's like clockwork. For a while, you could tell the time by when Renegade was on uh, 102.5. But, yeah, it's, it's in our blood. 
I get excited. I'm excited just talking about it right now. And the fact that they use it, which one, it's fitting for this episode. Yes. Completely. But just just how they altered it, just that little amount. Mm-hmm. Because all you hear is them in their SWAT gear going, oh, mama, I'm in fear. And then it just hits that beat Yes. while they're talking. And it just draws it out and kind of builds the suspense for like knowing how important this decision is for the both of them and what they have going forward crazy oh whoever picks this music like one i want their job because it's fun for real that would be awesome but two like they know what they're doing Mm -hmm. and just like that little change in the song changed how it felt exactly oh okay sorry but then you're sitting you're sitting there in anticipation because you know what's what's coming in the yeah, song, but, and you're like, uh, "Okay, sorry." Back to your ranking. <laughs> that was just I made a note, and I forgot about that. And I, uh, it was one of my favorite, honestly, favorite parts of this episode. Yeah, I had that in my note. Okay, so then uh, decider.com, which was Jessica, and I looked her up too. You can follow her on Twitter uh, at fangirlingjess if you want to. Uh, she ranked this episode number eighty-five. So an episode where the show takes a tried formula, the bank heist and hostage situation, and really turns it in, on its head. We get a great guest star in Scary Monster, uh, plus an awesome music cue at the end with Renegade. I like that they both mentioned that song as being an important part of the episode. I was just about to say that. I like that they both touched on it, which obviously shows how pinnacle it was. And my, while we're talking about that, my Urban Dictionary of the Week ties into that. The Urban Dictionary word of the week is sticks. It sounds like your girls are super excited about sticks. They are. (laughs) They're like, yes, they probably don't even know who sticks is. Sticks. Sticks, yes, sticks. Okay, so I have two definitions for sticks. Sticks is a progressive rock band that specialized in power ballads and reigned from the early 70s to the early 80s. Similar sounding, but far superior to REO Speedwagon. Ooh, I know. shade at Ario. Those are fighting words. Yeah, I feel like, well, I mean, I guess it's kind of like like the Bon Jovi or Aerosmith. Oh, you yeah. You don't necessarily uh-huh. like both. Right. Okay, the second definition. One of the greatest rock bands of the 80s, which means one of the best ever because new music sucks. Not <laughs> a bad rap because critics are cynical assholes. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, these are, uh, I believe these were men in their 40s. Rosie. <laughs> Big fans in the 80s. That makes sense. That make a lot of sense. They probably still have their like long hair. Listen to Megadeth. Yeah, <laughs> Megadeth. <laughs> uh. Okay, so our outline for the episode. They're screaming in the background. Sam and Dean investigate robberies in which trusted employees hold up banks, then commit suicide, but autopsy results indicate that actual times of death is being several days before the robberies. How does that happen? I don't know, but man, poor Dean in this episode. <laughs> no. Whenever it opened and he comes out of the, the uh, bank door, I just wrote, oh, crap, that's Dean. Yeah, but at the same time, it was, it was also sad because obviously he looked scared. Yeah, more so than the last time. I like how peaceful, by the way, your wind chimes are. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We have two. That's the little one. We have a big one also that's not doing anything. Interesting. This is going to be fun to edit. This is going to be so fun to edit. I'm very okay. sorry. What? Oh, it's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely my fault. 
Yeah, so we opened the episode uh, on a bank heist. Yeah. And obviously they're bringing in paramedics, and then we see Dean at the entrance helping a man out. And what was your first thought when you saw Dean? Like, did you think they were holding up the bank? Did you think that was him? I think the first time I watched it, I didn't necessarily think it was him holding up the bank. I thought, like, crap, something went wrong. You know, like, they might have been there, like, trying to help people, and then just something horrible went wrong. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, you're not wrong about. Yeah. Well, I know that now. Yeah. <laughs> you do when you get, like, you're first watching it, like, the first time. You kind of get that little, like, well, is it this or is it that? I don't know. Would they really, like, go bad? There has to be something else going on. Something supernatural. <sighs> I know. Do you like that? I do. Threw that in there. But ironically, like, as the series progressed, I started looking for things. Yeah. Like, obviously, my first thing is you're watching a recording because they're watching it on the news. Mm-hmm. And my first thought was to literally look at his eyes. And that's when I noticed his face. And I was like, he seems concerned. Dean's concerned face. But he doesn't have flickering eyes. So that's actually Dean. Oh, my God. That's it. I looked for that, too. <laughs> Which, ironically, is what this episode's about. Yes. That's so funny because that's exactly what I did, too, this time. Because, I, you know, I don't remember really what happens. And I was like, oh, my God, his eyes. there's going to be something with his eyes. There has to be something with his eyes. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't. So that was that was my first thought was I was like, what's wrong? It's nope, that's Dean. Yep, just Dean holding up with a very large weapon walking yeah. in out of the bank. And I was impressed because later on we find out that the guy's like having a heart attack, but he seemed pretty okay when he was being taken out. Yeah. <laughs> like he went from having a heart attack to being like, Okay, I can walk out. This is fine. Did your heart attack pass, sir? Like I've never had one, so I don't know. Yeah, I can't really uh, but, speak to that, but yeah. my first thought is, like, he thought it, he seemed like he was going down. Yeah, like Timber. And then he seemed better. Yeah, I don't know. But I digress. <laughs> I, I want to talk real quick. I have a note. Uh, when they're, when we finally get to the brothers, and they're interviewing the people in the jewelry store. Oh, yeah. Oh, when Dean's, are you talking about the camera? No. When, okay. when Dean, when Dean's hitting on the girl, or the, actually the girl is really hitting on Dean. Oh. Uh, she says how the lady died, and she's like a hairdryer in the bathtub. What a way to go! Who does that? There are specific instructions on your hairdryer that said do not put near water. I think because I don't know. Who well, then again, the funniest part is I always hear, and this is the crazier one, and I guess it's not funny because obviously it's tragic because somebody dies. You always hear about somebody throwing a toaster. How does that happen? Which I don't get because obviously to electrocute somebody, it has to be plugged in Yeah. first off. Are you making toast in your bathroom? And before we go into anything, anything we say is mainly in fun. Um, obviously, we don't poke fun at death in general, oh, uh, no. let alone tragic death and or suicide. If you are experiencing any of those thoughts, please contact somebody. There's always another way. Oh, 100%. I saw the other day that the, uh, is it the suicide prevention hotline now has a number that's like 911. Yes. It's like 988, I think. There are numerous ones. So you can go to the Suicide oh. Prevention line, Lifeline, uh, which is 1-800-273-TALK. It is 988. 988. The, the Suicide Prevention oh, I see that. digit number got FCC approval. It's 988. So please contact somebody. Just a little housekeeping. Uh, but you usually hear about somebody throwing a toaster in the oven. And, I mean, toaster in the oven. Toaster in the bathtub, which I never made sense because, one, it has to be plugged in to electrocute somebody. So why are you plugging in a toaster? By your tub. In your tub. I also think a toaster in the oven would be a bad idea. Toaster, yeah, I feel like that's not great either. Yeah. Um, I was actually listening to 
a podcast on. Listen to other podcasts? I do. I'm just kidding. They're all supernatural and they're all like crime oriented. We have a great uh, family of other podcasters. So that was just a joke. That was a joke too, kids. But no, uh, speaking of ovens, has nothing to do with this. Um, (laughs) Jeffrey Dahmer actually used to stick when he was trying to find ways to preserve the human skull. Yeah. Because it became very brittle after a while and it would break, so he wasn't able to keep it as long as other pieces of people he kept. Keep it to do things to it. He was trying to find different ways to elongate the life of the skull. So at one point he put it in the oven to try and dry it out. Yeah. And it exploded. I listened to that podcast too. <laughs> and my first thought is, and my favorite thing is at one point they're like, what would you do? Like, what if you got that apartment? They were like, first thing is I would get a new stove. Yeah, in a refrigerator. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't keep that. No. Like, there's like, a... Mm-mm. Whenever he was caught, the one... They went in and the one guy was like, you need... The guy who was actually a victim was like, he told the cops, he's like, you need to go look in the refrigerator. And the cop goes over and there's a head in there. Mm-hmm. I just like the, the guy was like, there's something in there you might want to see. You might not, just want to check the fridge out. Yeah, not like there's a head in the refrigerator. <laughs> anyway, back on topic. Yes. And my only thought is, like, obviously something for sure to commit suicide because you just don't plug in. Like, I shower with my hairdryer plugged in, but it's always off to the side on the other side of the sink. Yeah, not anywhere near where you no. can. Not unless somebody shower. wanted to try and kill me. Oh, well, that's not Then they can just literally throw it in because it's ready to go. Well, maybe that's what happened. <gasps> maybe. She, she had it all ready to go. And that thing. Mm-hmm. That makes was, sense. Was like, hey. I did like that Dean was back to like his womanizing ways in this episode. Yeah. Because I, not only was he having that flirt sesh <laughs> with jewelry girl. Sesh, I like that. But then he zoomed in on the security camera in the bank on the girl's butt. Yeah. Um, I also noticed that um, when they were the FBI agents, he was wearing like a beaded bracelet. I didn't notice that. And I was like, do FBI agents wear beaded jewelry like that? I guess this one does. Apparently. But yeah, there was no motive as to why the girl killed herself. No, yeah, why she stole the jewelry. Um, and killed the watchman. Oh, yeah. I forgot because about she that grabbed part. his gun and shot him in the face. Oh, shit, how did I miss that part? <laughs> um, poor Edgar. <laughs> like, the, the hairdryer in the tub's a way to go, but, like, Edgar got a shotgun to the face. Yeah. But the other strange thing is that the police got a hold of the cameras before any of the employees could look at them. Did you notice that Dean was able to get Franny's number, by the way? Is that the girl behind the jewelry counter? Yep. Oh, she was more than willing to give it to him. No, oh, I, th- I think she had it written the, she day, was the like, minute he walked in. She was like, um, you know, you can question me later over dinner. And he was kind of like, what? Oh, I, I guess I could. Yeah, I could do that. Do you think he's used to hitting on women and not having women hit on him? Yes, I feel like he was a little uncomfortable in that situation. <laughs> he didn't know what to do with himself. Like, Bro, you do this all the time. I apologize if you hear anything weird. My dog is literally climbing into my lap. Okay, I have two nine-year-old girls screaming <laughs> in the background. So, I mean, really, what's, <laughs> what more can we have? <laughs> uh, well, I have a dog sitting on my lap at a kitchen table, so. Bring it on, world. We can take it. What other challenges do we have? Hi, Tallahassee. <laughs> oh, sorry. Tallahassee's learned that she can climb it. She thinks she's, I mean, she is a lap dog because she's not very big, but she thinks she can totally climb into your lap while you're like at a chair or a computer. Why not? I mean, (sighs) just wants to cuddle. Um, Okay. So we found out some stuff at the jewelry store about Helena. 
but we find out Helena's not the only one. Uh, something else happened at the Milwaukee National Trust. Mm-hmm. Um, so they pay a visit to Ronald Resnick, who is an odd cookie, um, because apparently the same thing kind of happened where Ronald's friend uh, robbed the bank and then committed suicide. Yeah, poor Ron. For no reason. Ron's theory, though, he had a conspiracy theory, though, that uh, there was, it was a wand doll. Yes. Like the guy was wearing a wand suit and he was a wand doll. Yes, he was a mandroid. A mandroid. Laser yes. eyes. A mandroid. Yeah, um, with the eyes because he saw it on the. He mm-hmm. had a video. He took the security tape. Because Ron is obviously living in a world of suspicion with everything. Um, he's definitely the type of guy who reads the tabloids like Nessie spotted in Chicago. Yeah, he's definitely one of those conspiracy theory. Yeah, like that had all the the shit on the walls and everything. All definitely the, reads like all those like three star tabloids. Oh, he's definitely a National Enquirer fan. Oh hell, he's probably actually a contributor. Oh, maybe. <laughs> probably is. I bet Mandroid went to number one. It was it front page uh, news? Which is funny because it reminded me a lot of like what he was saying was very. Um, the day the earth stood still doctor who mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but he obviously being so crazy and suspicious, didn't trust Sam and Dean to begin with. No. And I really thought uh, that Dean was going to like tell oh. Ron everything that happens in the world. You could like, see he wanted to. I know. He's like, cause I mean, Ron pretty much did their work for them. Yeah. Like, and figuring he, all this stuff out. He wasn't, wrong he just didn't have the right information because he obviously doesn't live in their world so like he knew that somebody was wearing the skin he knew that it wasn't the friend that it's somebody who just kind of like shape shifts right and like you can tell dean just wanted to correct him yeah he was he's like sitting there like well you're close and then he was kind of let down when when sam stands up and kind of gives him the like look wrong it was just this. You're wrong. You're kind of crazy. You need to calm down. Back away. Right. And the look on Dean's face was just hilarious. Because he was like, but really? Oh, man, we can't tell him. He's like, but he, he knows. Yeah. Like, just, just give him something. Um, but we find out that because Ron was so suspicious, uh, he actually made copies of the tapes before the police took them. Because like the other case, the police came and took the tapes immediately. Yeah. Which I thought was also interesting. So, like, do the police know? Oh, are they in on it? Because they showed up twice and took the tapes before anybody else could. Hmm. Hmm. And also, was it the police or was it, what's his name? Crap. Who's the, is it Holzer? The um, Tallahassee, I can't get to my laptop right now. I'm kind of in the way. You're not going to type on my laptop. (laughs) Okay. Agent, not of S.H.I.E.L.D., Oh, the FBI or the federal guy? Yeah. Hendrickson. Who, Hendrickson. Yeah. Who we see a lot later. Holzer, I was like, are we going Hans Holzer? Are we like totally changing what, what is happening right now? Uh, nah. Um, <laughs> not yet. No. Not, not yet. There's still time. Oh. Um, but no, Agent uh, Hendrickson. Hendrickson. Uh, so part of me was like wondering if Hendrickson's in on it and it was actually Hendrickson and his agents who took the tapes Oh, because he was pretty quick to swoop in when he found out that it was Dean and Sam. Oh, so quick. But obviously they take the tapes, 
They tell Ron to back down. They tell Ron he's completely wrong. There's no mandroid living in a sewer system who shows up and just takes over somebody else's body and has laser eyes when his camera, when the camera flares on the eyes. Oh, poor Ron. In that the laser eyes are just a camera flare. Yeah. Which is also weird in this episode because Dean's lied to a lot of people, but he looks super uncomfortable when Sam decides to lie to Ron. Yeah, I know. Because like, Sam is always the one that wants to tell people mm-hmm. what's up. And it's the, the tables were turned this time. And that, that's twice in this episode where he's like uncomfortable. Like, Yeah, like something's different. Something's changed. Yeah. And also at the same time, I get why Sam lied to Ron. Yeah. Because he obviously thinks he's saving him. But obviously by not giving all of the information, anyone who's curious is going to go out on their own, especially if their friend died and it wasn't them right and especially since ron is so into like the conspiracy theory and everything he's like i'm not just gonna let it go like yeah like if somebody if somebody stole your skin and killed you like i would find them oh well thank you i appreciate it you're welcome i would do the same for you thank you let's hope that that never happens i'd like to think that we're both uh very individualistic individuals that uh, we'd be able to know if it wasn't us. <laughs> There's always that one thing that's off that you can tell. Yep. Uh, so obviously they took the tapes and they go back to the hotel and they realize that it's the shapeshifter. Do they think it's the same one in St. Louis? Because they say we got to stop this thing now or it's going to continue. But I, I thought Dean mentioned St. Louis. Well, because that was... But I don't... I don't recall if they actually thought it was the same one. Because I, I couldn't tell if they were trying to think that it was the same one or not. Uh, that I cannot recall. But yeah, I couldn't tell if they, I couldn't remember if they mentioned it because the one in St. Louis got away, right? I don't know if they, if they killed it or not. Which obviously this episode is a hearken to the episode Skin from yes. season one. All the way back in season one. Uh, it was season one, episode six, uh, where we first meet the shifter and then we get the shifter again i wonder uh, why they did that why do you think that they had it i mean it's not so close together but like reusing well no that's stupid because they use tons of ghosts and stuff never mind i take it back normally they're not reusing like other than ghosts like you don't really see like strigas and stuff again or no and actually if i remember right they did kill the shifter because dean is technically dead oh yeah that's right so this right. is a new shifter. So they, so obviously there are more than one shifter, um, who are lone creatures. Obviously they don't travel in packs. So we find out that this is where Sam decided to not tell Ron because Ron's not a hunter and it's far too dangerous. If he found out that it was real, because he'd probably continue or he'd get himself killed. Which I mean, happens anyway. So what? Yeah. <laughs> Why couldn't yeah, he that, just tell him what it was? I just like the fact that Dean's like, yeah, he doesn't like you. And then they meet again. He's like, I don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> Can tell, buddy. Can tell. Um, so obviously they go along the sewer system and find out that all of the places that have been hit are along the sewer line, which makes sense since shifters are in the sewers. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, oh. Do you think shifters eat rats? Oh. Cause... I don't know. You would think when they shifted that they would the first thing you would do is go get food yeah because i feel like that takes a lot of energy yeah i don't know if i'd want to be a and this shifter was doing it like clockwork yeah oh buddy he was like he was changing his skin as much as as you can adjust an avatar i do do my emoji a lot 
<laughs> nope, don't like that one. Oh, they saw that one. I'm going to hide this one in the ceiling. This one, I don't care. Oh, the ceiling one. No. Um, How naked. Poor naked people. Well, because you got to steal the clothes because the shifter's now naked. Well, except for the girl. She had a slip on. I would say he pretty much just took her outer layer of clothing. Yeah, just, just took her uh, outer. How <laughs> uh, nice. I mean, he always leaves the underwear, it seems. Her outer layer of skin, her outer, her inner layer of clothing. You know. So the shifter is just commando all the time. Ew. <laughs> oh. Gross. Oh. Uh, buddy. I feel like that's not safe all the time. You're in random people's clothes. Yeah. What if they have. A, what know, if they didn't wash it? What if they have a down there problem? What if they. Ha- I don't know. There's a lot of questions. Okay. I digress. Uh, so we find out that there's one more bank along the line, which I feel like is pretty easy to map out. And also I feel like there'd be more things because they hit, a, they said they were hitting all the banks, but then they hit the jewelry store. Yeah. Whatever. So they find out the city bank of Milwaukee hasn't been hit yet. It's probably going to be hit yet. So now they have to disguise themselves, not as FBI agents, but as security system company workers, which is hilarious. And they essentially get to sit in the camera room and watch the camera and in Dean's case, check out the ladies. Looking at the butts. <laughs> I like that Sam's just like, come on, man. Um, and they happen to notice that Ron has decided to show up and he has a gun and he shoots in the ceiling and says, this is not a robbery, which totally <laughs> dilutes the fact that he just shot the ceiling of a bank. No. First he locks the doors. He puts the chain on the doors. He puts a bike lock on the door. Yeah, and then it's like, this is not a robbery. Also, where the fuck did he get that gun? I don't know. Buddy, that is a, that is a rifle. You don't just go and buy it. He's got an arsenal somewhere. His one, one of the doomsday preppers. His one semi-automatic rifle. Oh my oh. gosh. Yeah, I couldn't. <laughs> this is not a robbery. This is not a robbery. Get on the ground. Nobody move. This is not a robbery. Yeah, what do you think people were going to do? I didn't like, hear the, they're like, totally didn't hear the not part. <laughs> <laughs> they were too busy listening to the gunfire. It would have been funny, though, if someone just, like, threw a bag of money at him. <laughs> this just is not take a my, just take, take my jewelry, take my purse. Throwing wallets and rings. And <laughs> um, so, obviously, Sam and Dean go in, and that's when Ron's like, you're not FBI agents. Well, I'm pretty sure everyone in the bank's like, the fuck is happening? Yeah, who is this crazy man? <laughs> I also like the fact that he's like, Check them. Make sure there's no weapons. And obviously they didn't bring any weapons because they're entering a bank. And they find the little, like, throwing knife on Dean's ankle. And he's like, what? I wasn't coming in here naked. Yeah. <laughs> I love that part. Uh, and I love the fact that you see it on his face when he, found, when he finds it. He's yeah, like, he's like, oh. God damn it. Man, not again. Uh, and then he drops it. He's never going to get that back. I hope that didn't no. mean anything to him. Yeah, I hope that wasn't a special. That's, that's exactly what I thought when they found it. I was like, oh, that... I hope that wasn't like dad's or it was like pure silver or something and they needed to kill something. And now they're I'm out. I'm sure it was silver because of the, the shifter. Yeah. But <laughs> mentions that's when Dean's like, all right, fuck it. He's already in too deep. Let's tell him the truth. But I like, not a man like he goes like Ron, come here so I can whisper to you and ends up screaming it. <laughs> like, like no one else can hear him. <laughs> it's not a man droid. It's a shifter. Oh, okay then. So um, they, they put everybody in the vault. Mm-hmm, which I thought was smart. And then they go back to the tapes and they see that it's the bank manager. Dun, dun, dun. That vault, though, I, I've never been in a, a bank vault, but that was a hefty vault. Like, there's, the, do you see that? Like, the, the door was probably, like, as wide 
as my body is long. They are like that because my college actually the library was in an old bank. Yeah. And the uh, study rooms like were the bank vault. That's really neat. And they always had the door open, obviously, but because the walls are so thick, it was so quiet. I hope they didn't close anybody in there. I don't think they could. I think it was just like really propped open. Okay. But I sure as hell want to be in there if something like this happened. Yeah, really? Um, so obviously, yeah, they, they go to look for the bank manager, and uh, they find the nice layer of shedded skin. <sighs> oh, that Ron falls in. He falls in it. <laughs> Ugh, that's so gross. Uh, he, like, he, like, picks it up and is, like, playing with... No, no, mm-mm. Nope, nope. And now it could be anybody. Uh, um, at this point, SWAT and cop cars <laughs> and helicopters are all there because not a robbery looks like a robbery. Yeah. And the police cut off the power to the bank. So now they don't have cameras. They can't find out who the shifter is. Yeah. So I guess at this point, they're just looking for a body. I like when, uh... Oh, when Dean's like, I'm gonna go try to figure out who... I'm gonna go search... Mm-hmm. For the he's body, do a sweep of the building, and he leaves Sam with Ron. In mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Sam just looks at Ron like so sad, and he's like, "Hi, Ron." <laughs> like he didn't want to be stuck with him. Well, Ron doesn't like him very much either, so they're a yeah. motley crew. Meanwhile, that poor girl is like awkwardly hitting on Dean. Oh yeah, she's talking to Sam in the vault. Like, so your brother, tell me he's about so, it. He's so brave. Is he always this heroic? Yeah. He's so awesome. Um, and then obviously that's when the security guard starts having a heart attack. Yeah. And like, you need to get this man out. We need a paramedic. Um, so at that point, that's when Dean uh, or Sam phones the police to ask for a paramedic. And they're like, we don't have time. Let's take him out. And Dean finds the body in the ceiling, which props yeah. the shifter for having time to hide these bodies. Yeah, in the, especially in the ceiling. Like yeah. the other person was in a closet. This dude. But this was like one of those patchwork ceilings. Yeah, yeah, like the, uh, what do you call it, like a drop ceiling? Mm-hmm, like the same kind that you have in your middle school. I feel like, though, that those aren't sturdy enough to hold a body. No, they're not. I mean, I guess if it's, like, stretched out across a couple of them. I guess. But even, like, the metal framing, I would feel like wouldn't It would that. bend. Yeah. And it definitely wouldn't fall out like that. No, <laughs> no. It would crash. <laughs> it, would, um, <laughs> it would bust through. Yeah. Dean wouldn't need to poke it with a stick. <laughs> um, so that's when they realize that it's the African-American guy who's trying to get the security guard out. And uh, Sam's like, Dean, you let him out. No, you stay here. And that's when like, he knows that the shifter knows that they know. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. So he makes a break for it. And then Ron, uh, Ron, oh, Ron. Uh, runs after him, but ends up right in the sight of a sniper. Yeah, he had the laser on the back. Gets shot. I just wrote, no, Ronald! No! So, to the best of their abilities, they were unable to save Ron. Yeah. Really tried, and multiple times moved him out of the light of the the realm of light or any sight for snipers. Yeah. I think Dean felt really bad about that, too. Well, because I think in his mind, if they had just told him, they could have saved him. Because when he, when, like, when he went to go take the gun from Ron... I think he feels like, you know, I'm sorry, Ron. It felt like, felt bad. And that's when Dina scores the security guard, which then is actually the beginning of the episode that's that it. we saw. He's like, we are so screwed. Yeah, pretty much. And at the same point, um, this gives them the, the out that Dean isn't dead, but he yeah. was a wanted felon anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's when Sam was just like, Dean, you take him out. 
Yeah. You're wanted regardless. Um, they find more shed skin. What? Oh, yes. And says that it could be anyone again. Um, so he heads back to the vault to round up everybody. And that's when the feds end up on the scene. And that's where we meet special agent Henriksen. He back. My favorite line that Hendrickson says when he's talking to the, the local police guy. And the guy's like, we well, you know they didn't do this. They didn't, uh, whatever. And Hendrickson's like, you go get a donut and bang your wife for all I care. Yeah, he's like, I don't care. Oh, because the guy, the guy was like, so the feds are here, so you guys are taking over now? And he's like, I don't, I don't care what you do. But I thought that was funny. But this is the first we meet of Henriksen. But we find out that Henriksen knows all about Sam and Dean. Oh, yeah. Everything. Well, and he's, uh, he, he does not know everything. With them. No. When he starts talking about John, oh. he's like, you don't know anything about my dad. He knows about the murders in St. Louis and the slip up in Baltimore and all the cheap motels and thefts. Mm-hmm. And he gives Dean an hour before he sends in the SWAT team. Yeah, but then he, then he tells the other guy four minutes. He's like, we're giving him four minutes and we're going in. And then Sam finds Sherry, the girl who was hitting on Dean, her body in the closet and her throat was slit. I thought before that, before he found her, I was like, because they kept focusing on her. I thought you know? she was the shifter from and the I was beginning. Like, that girl has to be a shifter. Like there has to, now she definitely has to be after it went through the other people. And I like the fact that like the twist they give you with her because they want you to focus on her. So obviously yes. when you find out that it's a different guy and then another person, you're like, wait, what? Huh? And then you think this and you're like, okay, so it is her. Yeah. But then they get you. Yeah. When they take her up to see the body of and her. And she starts screaming and they're like, okay, you're a little overdoing it, whatever. Yeah. Then she fainted. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, well, what, oh. would, what would you do if you saw your own dead body? I would probably faint. <laughs> I, I put, oh shit, the shifter is the dead girl. <laughs> yes. And then she wakes up, she attacks, and the SWAT's entering the building, and there's so much stuff going on. I know. And then the shifter, like, grabs Dean by the throat, mm-hmm. and then headbutts him twice. <laughs> yeah, they had a, a pretty good fight going on there. Yeah, I mean, he ends up besting her and stabbing her through a heart with a silver knife they found in the office. Yeah, but then you see someone come up behind him because you think that the SWAT is coming in to get him because you just see a boot. Yeah, but okay, so at the same time, I kind of, I don't know, I thought they gave this away a little too much because you see Sam dealing with SWAT. Yeah. So at that point, like, I kind of knew that that was Sam. Okay. Because my thought was that he had taken out SWAT. Yeah. Um, which is ending what ended up happening. And that's when the boys get into the uniform and leave. And by the time... Henriksen gets there. Uh, all that remains are two tied up SWAT team members. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they get into the Impala with that amazing music behind it. He goes, man, I just I died when Dean's like, man, we're so screwed. So screwed. Because now you're both lawless men. Yeah. But I also thought, I don't know. First off, my first thought was, now they got some SWAT uniforms to add that's, to their that's little exactly costume closet. Yes, but then... <laughs> But they don't ever use them again, do they? No, no, not that I think of. That would have been such a good thing for them to use later. And they're legit. Yeah, yeah, it's not something they went and bought at the costume store. Those are actual... Like SWAT uniforms. uniforms. And uh, also, I thought Sam looked a little awkward. Yeah. <laughs> in his SWAT uniform. Uh, I also like the fact that they drove past the one exit to go for the long shot. Oh, very nice. But now... They're wanted men, and now we have Henriksen on the t- the trail. 
who obviously knows all about them. So what are they going to do? Oh, I don't know. <gasps> so many things could happen. And I'm happy that this was our introduction and they didn't give us much on Henriksen. Yeah, you don't know anything about him. Obviously, Henriksen is some kind of a big deal. We're, we expect to see him some other time. Yeah, oh, he'll be back. Yeah, I liked this episode. I did too. I really did. That's two, two good episodes in a row for me here. I like the last one too. It's the next one. Oh, uh, the next one is uh, Houses of the Holy. Houses of the Holy. Yeah, that was a that was a, a, an okay one. We want some random shit. Always. Okay, I got some got some stuff for you here. Let's do it. Uh, okay, we already talked about Renegade. So let's talk about the Fourteen Times Magazine. That's the magazine um, that Ronald Resnick shows to Sam and Dean. Uh, that has a Cyberman from Doctor Who on its cover. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the Fortean magazine is actually a British monthly magazine. Uh, Charles Fort published the Fortean Times uh, with what most people call supernatural events, the same type of events that hunters on the show use to track evil, uh, similar to Ripley's Believe It or Not, uh, for example, like frogs falling from the sky or two-headed cows. Uh, all the stories are actual events unexplained and unnaturally occurring. Uh, and a f- funny tidbit, Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones always has the newest edition of the 14 Times with him when he tours. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Mick likes the supernatural, apparently. Okay, okay. Uh, the title uh, is a play on the Henry Winkler comedy, Night Shift, from 1982, uh, when Hendrickson tells Dean, and yes, I know about Sam too, the Bonnie to your Clyde. Uh, he's referring to the Great Depression-era bank robbing duo Bonnie Parker and Clyde Barrow. Uh, Jared Padalecki has said that this episode has one of his favorite music cues in the entire series uh, when Sticks Renegade plays. He thinks it's... Even he likes that one. Yes, even Jared likes it. It says he thinks it's badass the way the acapella intro starts and the boys uh, jog away in their SWAT uniforms, breaks as Dean says, we're so screwed, and then crashes in as they drive away. That's a very good way to put it, Jared. That I is. like how you he... broke it down. Uh, so Sam and Dean walk out of the bank in their SWAT gear. It is unknown why they never use them again in future episodes, despite the advantage it might give them against powerful enemies, which we just talked about. Yeah. Like, what do they do with them? They also have weapons. Yes. <laughs> big, big guns. You have big, big guns. guns. And masks and, and like a uh, gas mask and, you know, uh, feel like that that part was lost somewhere in writer translation. Uh, so the dean says about the security officer at the bank mm-hmm. who had a heart attack. He's like, I like him. He says, okie dokie. <laughs> I too say okie dokie. So do you like me, Dean? Because I think, I think to win, you just need to say artichokey. Oh, okie dokie, artichokey. I'm in. Okay, Sam's FBI ID names him as Han Solo. From Star Wars. Uh, and Dean's is Jack Bauer from 24. Uh, Roman Padhora, who plays Lieutenant Robarts, uh, who's like the local police SWAT guy. Okay. Uh, also plays a sheriff in season six, episode 19, Mommy Dearest. And then I have two goofs for you. I didn't have a lot of randomness in this one. Uh, just before and after Ronald gets shot, there is only one laser pointed on him, and it's reason reasonable that the laser would be from the gun that shoots him 
However, the entry and exit wound of the bullet are in a totally different angle than the direction of the laser, and there's no way that the gun could have shot him. Huh. Yeah. And I tried to watch it, because I wrote these down before I watched the episode, and I tried to watch it, and it, I, I didn't see it. Maybe I wasn't looking closely. I don't know. Uh, but I did notice this part. After Ron is shot, he is visibly breathing, which, I mean, I guess he could have if he didn't die instantly, but it could be just he didn't want to sit there that long without breathing in the scene. <laughs> That's true. But I thought uh, in that case, the girl did better because I didn't notice her breathing. I didn't notice her breathing either. Oh, and there was one more thing I wanted to, to say. Hold on, who wrote this? There was a thing on Twitter the other day uh, by a girl whose Twitter handle was Chrissy the Sassy Supernatural something because it cuts off. I, didn't, I just screenshotted it. She has this article of Jared and Jensen. I don't know when it's from or where. It looks like it's like a People magazine thing. Mm-hmm. And it says Jared Padalecki and Jensen Ankles. Ankles. Oh, Jensen Ankles. I like your ankles. Jensen Ackles. Uh, sexiest Ghostbusters. This is clearly from the when the show started because it says ages. Padalecki was 23 and Ackles was 27. And they were both single at the time. So it says status. Both are single. Uh, Not the case anymore. (laughs) Supernatural wonders. Padalecki's character is wiser and Ackles is bolder. Because these two Texans who play spirit-chasing brothers seem like they are reated for real. Spooky. And it's just like two two sets of quotes for them. Ackles says, I'm a mad gummy fan. I always have gummies in my trailer. So you can't eat too many because then you get a gummy tummy. And that's not good. God. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe I'm saying this. That's phenomenal. You get a gummy tummy. Gummy tummy. So then Jared says, I'm always eating candy. Jensen is pissed off that it's not showing yet. (laughs) So then uh, Jensen says, I love the smell of shampoo on a girl's hair. You can walk past someone and be like, wow, you took a shower this morning, didn't you? (laughs) Because you smell so lovely. Mm. And then Jared says, I love cookies baking. During the winter, they have these candles that smell like cookies, and I always buy like a hundred of them. Oh my god! So just a little, a little deeper dive into into Jensen and Jared. Why are they so adorable? Gummy tummy. Gummy and, tummy. And cookie candles. Mm. I love it. I feel like those are their funny nicknames. <laughs> this is gummy tummy and cookie candle. Hi, gummy tummy. <laughs> adorable. Oh man. What do you have, Liz? What are we going to talk about this time? So I didn't want to go too much on Night Shifter or Shifters because I did that when we actually watched Skin. What? The title just makes you want to (laughs) meh. So I did want to go and start with a little tidbit of information. I love me a tidbit. Doesn't. Uh, So first, uh, my sources are, and I don't have a ton, uh, Merriam-Webster, HowStuffWorks.com, Britannica, Bustle, and AncientOrigins.net. That's not a ton. Not a ton. (laughs) Uh, But according to a 2012 report in the Denver Post, more than 500 people have been wrongly imprisoned in Denver's jails over seven years. 500? Due to mistaken identity. Holy crap. Over seven years. That's not a long period of time. Um, So just for anyone that didn't listen to Skin, uh, to talk touch on doppelgangers, which means double walker in German. Uh, The term doppelganger was coined in 1796 by German writer Johann Paul Richter under the pseudonym Jean-Paul. 
Um, and a doppelganger means a ghostly counterpart of a living person. And in German folklore, since the word is German, um, all living beings have a spirit double who is invisible but identical to the living person and sometimes is described as the negative version of the human counterpart. Oh, the and, negative version. Yeah. So, oh. like, where you'd be the good, like, you always have, like, a bad side. Yeah. It would be this doppelganger. And a doppelganger, even though it kind of sounds like a spirit, it is different than a ghost because even though it says it's invisible, um, it is not a spirit. When you said that, I pictured, like, uh, like Peter Pan's shadow. Kind of, yeah. It's very similar to, like, that, where, like, your shadow has its own, but yeah. everything is identical to you. Yeah. Um, to meet your doppelganger is a sign, and this is hearkening back to the Omens uh, episode, but to meet your doppelganger is a sign that death is imminent. Yeah, and I have to tell you, that's not um, a good thing to tell your nine-year-old. <laughs> Did you tell her? Well, she said to me one day that she was upstairs, and she thought she saw me, and she went to come and get me, but I was downstairs. And I made the joke of like, oh, I hope that wasn't my doppelganger. And then she asked about it, and I told her, and that wasn't a good idea. So don't do that, people, to your children. Nah. <laughs> but I mean, um, in, in my defense, she watches, like, Ghost Adventures and all that stuff. So I thought, I thought she was ready. Well, actually, uh, later on, you'll see that maybe she wasn't completely wrong. Oh, I, I don't think she was wrong. <laughs> um, but there's a reasoning behind it. Okay. Um, so a doppelganger was actually first touched on um, as the main idea in Fyodor Dostoevsky's book, The Double, um, which was first published January 30th, 1846. And it was actually a novella and it was published in the Fatherland Notes. Um, it was later revised and republished by Dostoevsky in 1866. Are they gonna make it a telenovela? <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> um, basically the summary is that this man basically encounters uh, a man who looks exactly like him in a snowstorm. Oh. Who is his double. Um, and the following deals with their their evolving relationship. So they first start off as friends. With but the then doppelganger? The double tries to take over his life. Then they become bitter enemies. Oh. And whereas, like, the doppelganger has the charm that obviously the main person lacks. He's very liked. And the story concludes with him being able to see replicas of himself, ends up having a psychotic break, and is dragged off to the asylum. Oh, Lord. Uh, so that was the main idea, using the doppelganger. Um, the doppelganger also appears in German author E.T.A. Hoffman's novel, The Elixir de Tufel, which means The Devil's Elixir, um, volume two, and that was published in 1815 to 1816. There is a famous rumor surrounding one of the presidents dealing with a doppelganger. Really? Yes. Um, supposedly, Lincoln saw his own doppelganger in 1860. No way. Um, it is said that he saw his reflection doubled in the mirror side by side. Oh, that's so weird. Um, and supposedly, he saw his doppelganger three times in the mirror. Whoa. Um, now, this didn't actually preclude his death. Um, because he didn't actually die until April 15, 1865. However, Mary Todd Lincoln thought it was a sign that he'd end up serving two consecutive terms since his reflection was doubled. Oh, um, He yeah. didn't, obviously. He died That's, before he could serve a second term. That didn't work out, did it? Uh, not too there's, well for him. There's a commercial on Hulu for some show. I don't even know what it is. But it's all these 
people who are like dead, like famous people mm-hmm. standing in this theater. And <laughs> there's like this one guy, I don't know who he's supposed to be, like looks up at Lincoln and he's like, it's like, oh, I got to get out of here. And Lincoln's like, this is the worst theater performance I've ever been to. <laughs> and the guy just like slowly looks up at him like, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh my goodness. It's, it's funny. It sounds funny. But I got to find what show it is though so I can watch it and see the whole thing. Um, so another thing that I had touched on back in skin was the idea of Zoroastrianism, mm-hmm. which was the monotheistic pre-Islam religion of ancient Persia, which was founded by Zoroaster in the 6th century BC. And Zoroastrianism kind of holds true to the doppelganger theory because they actually have twins in the religion known as Ahura Mazda, um, Ormuzd, who is the good twin, and then Angra Manyu, um, Ahraman, which is the evil destructive twin. Um, So that's using that idea of the doppelganger because they're exactly the same, but one is good and evil. Um, some believe that if you see your doppelganger, it could mean that you, so if someone sees your doppelganger, not you, obviously, um, it just means that you'll become very ill. Oh no. So if somebody sees your doppelganger, you'll become ill. But if you see your doppelganger, you're going to die. Bye-bye. So in Norse mythology, the doppelganger is known as the Vardagor. I had to look up how to say that. Vardagor. Vardagor or Vardogor. And Vardogor means deja vu in reverse. Oh, and this is where what your daughter could have experienced with you. Um, So a spirit with the same footsteps, voice, scent or appearance and overall demeanor actually precedes that person in a location or activity, resulting in people believing that they've seen or heard the person before that person arrives. So weird. She has told me a couple of times, too, that she's heard me call her name. And even Megan yesterday said that she heard me call their name and I didn't say a word. I was like downstairs, not even by them. <gasps> so weird. And see, that would work if like they heard you call their name and you didn't. And then minutes later you called their name. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's, it's the idea of deja vu, but in reverse because that happens before the actual event happens. Maybe I just have a ghost. Maybe. It's possible. You have a mimic. <gasps> maybe it's my mom. Oh, maybe it is your mom. Yeah. Cause I swear to God, like I'll have, cause I, I'm in, their room now the room that was their bedroom so where she passed away I'm in that room and I all my clothes are in her closet on her side you know her side of the closet and I have the door open and I have like a robe hanging that you can see from the door but like when I pass it and it's open I know there's nothing in there but out of the corner of my eye I swear to god I see her standing there and it's not like her standing there like staring at me it's like her standing there like she would to like pick out a, a shirt or something you know, like turn toward where the clothes are and like picking out a shirt. And then I go back and I look and I'm like, I know I saw something, but I also know that there's nothing there. So <laughs> what is going on? That's so weird. Yeah. Um, so in Native American myth, a Hopi or Hopi, I think it's Hopi, the Hopi, um, believe doppelgangers or evil doubles are from the underworld and that good people live in the upper world and evil lives in the underworld. Um, And whatever happens in the upper world happens opposite in the underworld, but they mirror each other. Um, And in the Hopi Native American beliefs, uh, there are twins called the child of the sun, who is in the upper world, and the child of the water, who is in the underworld. Oh, oh, okay. Um, And there's actually been a couple pieces of art that depict this idea of the doppelganger. 
such as the 1851 sketch, which then later became the 1864 watercolor, How They Met Themselves by Dante Gabriel Rossetti. Um, it depicts two lovers meeting their doppelgangers in a forest, and the male draws a sword on his doppelganger while a female apparently faints in a deathly faint at the oh. sight of her doppelganger. Um, some believe that the Greek mythology of Narcissus, who ends up falling in love with his reflection only to die staring at himself, mm. uh, actually didn't fall in love with his reflection, but ended up staring at his doppelganger. And that's what killed him. And that's what killed him. Now, in ancient Egypt, there's the idea of the Ka, which is a tangible spirit double. So the Ka is actually created before the person, because in ancient Egypt, somebody molds you and then they breathe the Ka into you. That's, I never knew that. That's interesting. I mean, there's a whole set of different pieces of your body, which is why mummification and the idea of burying somebody are so step-by-step. Step. Um, so it's also known as the vital force. Um, and the ka has the same memories and feelings as the person that it's created for. And they believe that the ka actually sticks around after death. Um, so they create statues for the Ka and they create an altar for the Ka and a place for the Ka to live inside a tomb. And they believe that the Ka actually requires food and drink after death. So people will bring food and drink offerings or they'll make statues with food and drink because obviously the Ka won't eat it, but it uses the nutrients from it. Um, and the Ka is known as, I mean, the offerings are known as the Ba, which are then taken to the tombs and given to the Ka. The Ba to your Ka. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So there is another idea that is kind of similar to doppelganging or doppelgangers, and it's the idea of biolocation. Um, and biolocation, or not biolocation, bilocation. Um, the idea of bilocation is the psychic ability to project an image of the self in a second location. In this situation, the body double that's created is known as a wraith. That's what a wraith is. And supposedly there's numerous instances where bilocation has happened, the most famous being um, recorded by Robert Dale Owen, who is an American writer. And he wrote about a French teacher named Amélie Saguet, who in 1845 was writing on a blackboard when her double appeared in front of her 13 students. What? And it happened years later in front of her entire class of 40-some students. It happened more than one time to her? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. And I just wanted to finish in this with doppelganging and doppelgangers with some famous doppelgangers. <laughs> doppelganging. Doppelganging. <laughs> um, with some famous doppelgangers. There's famous doppelgangers? There are. And it's not necessarily that they're doppelgangers because every person is created differently. However, they're so similar in their looks that a lot of people have a tendency to get them confused. Oh, okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. Bring um, it on. So we have, we'll start off with Bryce Dallas Howard and Jessica Chastain. I'm going to send you a picture of her. I was going to say, I'm going to go look it up. <laughs> See if this works. I won't do this for everybody. Okay. Am I I'll, let you, I'll let you look them up. Okay. <laughs> so this is Bryce Dallas Howard and this is Jessica Chastain. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see it. So they are considered one of the more famous, famous doppelgangers. Oh, that's so weird. Um, obviously, one of the more famous that was used for the purpose of a movie um, would be Natalie Portman okay. and Keira Knightley. Oh, okay. I know I know who they are. Then we have Rachel Bilson, and then we have Kaya Gerber. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, um, that's so weird. Right? Uh, I think I could find some side-by-sides. Okay, here's some. Uh, so this is one of the newer ones, because do you watch Sabrina? 
I did a little bit, yeah. Okay, so the girl who plays Sabrina, her name is Kiernan Shipke, mm-hmm. or Shipka? No, Shipka. <laughs> and uh, Shipka. Um, and then in Fuller House, there's a girl named McKenna Grace. They are supposedly. Wait, I think I know what you're talking about. There they are. Yes, that is, yes, that's Steve's ex-fiance's daughter. And I thought that when I started watching the show. When I started watching Fuller House, I was like, that looks like the girl from Sabrina. I was like, but the age clearly doesn't match up. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree on that one. Um, the one that kind of threw me off, and obviously you've got to go a little younger, is this one, which is oops, my boy Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe. And Ian Summerholder. Yeah, I can see that. Another one is Zoe Deschanel and Katy Perry. I can, yeah, I can see that one too. And there are other ones. I just picked these guys because I felt like they were the most similar looking. Yeah. Um, the the Natalie Portman, Keira Knightley one, like I can I can see it, but I really didn't think that that would that those are as I mean as close as some of the other ones that you've said. Yeah, and then the last one I have is Margot Robbie and Jamie Presley. Yes. Yes, I've made that mistake before. Um, but that's all I got. I just want to finish with some famous doppelgangers. That's really interesting. Another thing I find interesting is when they have, like, who was it? Um, there was, like, a picture of someone who looked like a picture of, like, an old general. Oh, yep. Those, I thought about using those, but then I was like, mm, because technically that's not, I mean, it's not doppelganger-ish. Right. It's just you really, really look like this person. It like could just be reincarnation. Up. Right. Uh, yes, I was going to say. It could be like a reincarnation. Who yeah. was that, though? Was it like Conan O'Brien or somebody? There's a handful of them, actually. Yeah, I find those interesting. There's a handful. Um, Maggie Gyllenhaal and Rose Wilder Lane. Uh, Justin Timberlake and a mugshot. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I've seen that one. <laughs> Justin Timberlake in a mugshot. Yeah, 33 celebrity lookalikes from history that'll leave you scared and surprised. <gasps> oh, scared and surprised. That's my favorite way to be. Surprised. 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 I don't know. That's a bad. That's a bad mashup. They like this one compares young Joseph Stalin to Zayn Malik. Oh, what? <laughs> um, actress Hedy Lamarr and Rose McGowan. I don't think that uh, that is what I would want to be compared to. The Joseph Stalin, not the Hedy Lamarr. Um, Egyptian actress. Zubaida Tharwat and uh, Jennifer Lawrence, an unidentified man of a particularly well-dressed man, and Matthew McConaughey, and a bunch of others. Unidentified, well-dressed man. Yeah, sometimes they don't know who they are, and they're just like, look at this dapper gentleman. It looks like Eddie Murphy. <laughs> ah, you are so dapper. I love it. But yeah, I figured that's more like reincarnation than doppelganging. Yeah, I concur. But next time, we have Houses of the Holy, Season oh. 2, Episode 13. Yes, yes. Which is an interesting episode, which is our first kind of dabble into angels and finding out how Dean feels about them. Yeah. And he feels a very particular way. Yes, yes, he does. And he's kind of amazed that Sam, you know, kind of thinks a different way. Well, Sam Hasso doesn't remember why Dean feels the way he does. So true. That is next time on the next episode of Balls, a Supernatural podcast. Oh. I told my brother that that was the name of our podcast, and he about died. <laughs> <laughs> When's he going to come on? Oh, hopefully soon. Although he's mad because the one episode he listened to, we had super technical difficulties. And don't worry, he called me out on it. Hey, tell him that this is new to us. Because <laughs> he, he liked the name so much that he wanted to listen to it. <laughs> we are not used to recording 
virtually. I mean, you think by now we probably should be, but we, you know, had a nice cushy studio that was all set up and professional. So we sounded a lot better at the beginning. Yes. But we're trying. We are. And thank you everyone who has listened this far and dealt with our technical difficulties and supported us and shared us and liked us and downloaded us. Yeah, we appreciate it. Continue to do so. I try every time to to make it sound okay. (laughs) It's kind of hard, though, with kids in the pool in the background. But At least they're having fun. Yes. They're having fun like we're having fun. I wish I were in a pool and not going to work. You should call us and come over in our pool. I should. It's a nice one. It's pretty big. It has a bench seat in it. It's got (gasps) cup holders. Fancy. Yeah, it's a big blow-up one. Damn, girl. I know. Okay. It's pretty nice. Get on with your pool self. (laughs) (laughs) You got anything else, lady? No, I think think that's it. All right. Well, thank you guys for so much for listening to us and continue to download us, share us, and talk about us on social media. In a good way, not in a bad way. Well, I mean, if it's bad, tell us anyway, but DM us. Slide into those DMs. Yeah, we're cool with constructive criticism. Hell yeah. Okie dokie. Thanks, guys. Bye. You've been listening to Balls, a supernatural podcast with Lizzie and Missy. If you want more, follow on Twitter and Instagram at SBNBallsPod or email SBNBallsPod at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe and follow Balls on your favorite streaming service.